Welcome to Almost an Hour with Henrik Stenson, presented by Callaway Golf. And Henrik, I'm just going to get right into it. What was better last week, your play at Dubai or your pranking? Because your pranking was world class. Yeah, then I guess that kind of answers the question. If my uh, if my golfing would have been as good as my pranking, I, I would have definitely not been outside the top three and most likely won it. So, uh, yeah, happy with the week uh, off the golf course then. Uh, the pranking week was excellent. Uh, uh, I'm, you know, it, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when Mr. Ian Poulter will get me back. And uh, I just got to be uh, sleeping with one eye um, open for, for the rest of my life. But uh, that's a price you... You have to pay when you get into these uh, prank wars, and uh, yeah, I got I got to take it with uh, with stride when when it hits me back. All right, so let's let's recap for the the few people who didn't see this on social media um, during the event. You know, which look, uh, you know, all these events are pressure packed or important, but Poulter was like right on the the border for getting into the Masters. So there's probably a lot on his mind. He's probably a little high strung. He needed to get into that top 50 in the world. And he did, uh, despite what you tried to do to distract him. Tell everyone what you did and kind of how you executed it. And then you can go to Henrik's social channels uh, and watch the video for yourself. So give everyone a little bit of the background. Yeah, so uh, it was actually a number of years back in Dubai. And uh, Ian, he put shaving foam uh, in in my shoes in my locker and then but luckily I put them up on the counter because I had to get something else out of my locker and I, I managed to see that something was off and I didn't put my foot in and then got the shaving foam all over my foot so uh, I kind of escaped one there a few years back and then I realized that uh, Ian uses uh, a lot of times 1976 which, which is both his and my uh, um, birth year as a code for his lockers. I checked it early in the week and, and rightfully he did. So then I just locked it up again and left it. And then the last day I was a group ahead of him. So I thought, okay, let's uh, go into the locker room when we're done. And I just move all his stuff over into another locker where he can't find it. Uh, but then when I opened the locker, the car keys were right inside. So I thought this is an even better opportunity because now he's not going to know where he put them. And I'm just going to be out there waiting for him when he when he tries to drive home. So uh, it, it took quite a while before uh, Ian and his caddy were done with all their stuff. And and first comes Terry down with a golf bag walking by the, the the clubhouse, and we're up on the balcony. And then Ian comes, and then I just start filming. And you can see a little highlights uh, video on my social media uh, channels. Uh, but I mean, I got a good four or five minutes of. They discussing where the keys are, looking through all the golf bags, his bags and pockets and everything. And obviously, they can't find them because I have them uh, with me up on the terrace. And then I just send him a little selfie with the uh, with the keys and asking if that's what he's looking for. And uh, yeah, he starts uh, shouting some 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 nice words to me up on the balcony. And uh, yeah, it was just a good prank. And like I said, I'm gonna get it back, but it was all worth it. Yeah, well, the one bit of advice I'd like to offer you is change your code from 1976 because now you've just broadcast it to everybody. Everybody's going to know yeah. your locker code now. So now you got to come yeah, up with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not everyone can get into the locker locker room. It's only Poulter and a few others, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure. So what do you think he's going to, you know, I mean, look, you guys are neighbors and, and you guys are, are Ryder Cup friends and, and teammates and um, obviously have a good least. relationship. Well, I mean, at some point you will be again. <laughs> um, you know, you, you guys yeah, have a good relationship. Friends, I mean. 
Friends, true, true. You probably are not <laughs> friends at this moment. What, what do you think he's going to do? Like, are you going to show, you know, you're, you, you're in Sweden right now. Are you going to show up and is your house going to be like covered in shaving foam? Like, like, you know, what, what's he going to do? I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I'm not even going to waste my time thinking about it. He's going to come up with something mean and he's going to plan it and he's going to wait for the right opportunity. And I just, uh, like I said, uh, if you if you enter the game, you just got to accept it, right? So something's going to yeah. be, uh, something's going to happen at some point. And uh, I guess the world will will see and, and know when it happens. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait cool. and see. Well, Ian, if you're if you're listening, and I'm sure you are, uh, give me a call. I'll help you with this one. I think this could be kind of fun. <laughs> At least I want to make sure yeah. we capture right. All right, let's let's get to golf. Um, you know, you, you're talking about a guy who uh, you use 1976. I, I would use a different year. A guy who would use like 73 or 74 is his locker room code. Lee Westwood uh, winning the race to Dubai. Does that inspire you? Uh, seeing a 47 year old do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, Lee and myself, or, or uh, and and Ian and a few others, we're kind of on the out of the same generation there. Even though uh, Lee was out on tour and and winning tournaments a few years uh, before both me and Ian, uh, yeah, he, he started off the season great with a win in Abu Dhabi, and then yeah, it's, it's been a it's been a funky season as we know, and and he came in with a with a chance to. Uh, to uh, to win the the race to Dubai for a third time over over these last twenty years and uh, uh, it just played out perfectly. He had a, a really solid week and finished in solo second and uh, uh, and that got the job done on on the last week. So uh, yeah, all credit to him. He's is uh, Europe's number one for a third time and and uh, I think it's definitely inspiring to see. Uh, to see uh, a player of his his age, it sounds like he's a lot older than me, but mm-hmm. that that uh, we the old guys can can still do it. And and uh, we had a had a nice uh, celebration dinner in in the Atlantis uh, Sunday night. And I think Lee had a bit of a headache when uh, when he flew back to to England on Monday. Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, you know, if you're going to do that at, at at age 47, you probably shouldn't go back uh, on the plane feeling 100. percent Let's get to the off season because it's finally the off season. Golf normally doesn't have a very long one. Um, what are you going to be yeah, working then, on this then, off season? Uh, yeah. I, I still think I need to mention the uh, Matt uh, Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick. winning sure. as well the the DP World Tour Championship here for for a second time as well in 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 four years. So uh, you know, strong performance by Matt and uh, and uh, very well done to to his win. Uh, like I said, second time in in four years. Yeah, it was a good, uh, good. You know, it's nice to have two of those matching uh, kind of scepters. Those are uh, that would be kind of fun to have two of them laying around the house. I don't know anyone else who yeah. has that problem. Oh, definitely is. Yeah. All right. Um, let's get to the off season. You know, you, you you mentioned many times on this podcast how the game is sort of evolving a little bit. Um, we're not even going to mention who, uh, but there's a certain you know guy down in Texas who's hitting the ball pretty long way, who's kind of reshaped himself. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's kind of been a story this year. What are, what's your off-season goal? What are you going to be working on? What what are the the keys to to returning to the form that we know that you you aspire to have again? Yeah, so for, for me now it's uh, it's gonna be a short turnaround. Uh, as you know, I didn't play a lot in the in the middle of the year in in the early part of the summer, but then it's been quite intense in the fall and uh, Playing all the way into almost mid-December here, uh, I'm just going to enjoy three weeks off here in Sweden now in the in the dark, wet, cold 
place as, as it is uh, in the winter and uh, just keep up basically the uh, the physical side of my training and then um, yeah maybe a little bit on on the golf side some exercises I can do here and so on but I'm not going to be hitting any balls or 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 doing that so when I come back to Florida in early January I'll I got a couple of weeks there to to rev up the game and, uh, and then I'm starting up in the Middle East with those three tournaments as I've done the all the the previous seasons and uh, that will kind of be my start up and um, yeah I got I got stuff to work on for sure but I'm I'm feeling you know pretty pretty good mentally in the in the sense that I I know what I should work on now. I think it's a lot of this uh, time in the fall here has been trying to to pin out what's uh, what what is it that I need to do and in what order and and so on so at least I feel like I got better of a game plan now and uh, that's always inspiring going forward and and uh, I think I got a bit uh, bit upset with myself in in Dubai as well I had you know not not the strongest of weekends so I kind of fell backwards a few spots every day I played from the beginning run from from the first round so um, yeah, I was down in the in the gym working pretty hard on Sunday afternoon. Some of the other guys were having a beer up at the clubhouse, and when Lee and Matt were were winning their trophies, uh, I was down there uh, biking and and lifting weights. So uh, yeah, I, I think uh, that, that's for me. It's always a good sign when I start getting annoyed with myself because then I know I'll, I'll, I'll try even harder and we'll we'll get back into good form here at some point. Yeah, I take it as good good sign when you get annoyed with me too, because then I know you're going to. Uh deliver uh, an even better podcast. So I was pretty excited about that. So you gave us kind of an early schedule peak with the three events in the Middle East. Then what are you going to do after that? Because this year, obviously, you took some time off and you were just about to get ramped up and playing when everything sort of shut down. Does that make you want to change your schedule and play a little bit more next year? Or are you just going to kind of go with the true, the, the proven kind of formula that that's worked for you? Yeah, I'm going to play a similar similar schedule there, probably between 22 and 25 tournaments, I think. I haven't looked at the second part of, of the year yet, but the, the spring will be the same. I'm starting up on the European Tour, those three tournaments in the, in the, in the Middle East. Uh, and then I'll have a few weeks off. Uh, you know, family really wants to go skiing and I'm, I enjoy a bit of, bit of time in the mountains. So straight back from there, we're going to go skiing for for about a, a week, 10 days. And then again, some time at home in Florida before the Florida swing. So Bay Hill, Sawgrass, uh, Honda maybe. And then I think it's match play and kind of the lead up to Augusta. So it's, it's going to be very much a, a similar uh, schedule up until the uh, up until the kind of end of May, I'd say, that, that I've had all, every other year. So uh, yeah, I, I just fingers crossed that we somewhat getting back into into the uh, good old routines. Uh, still a lot of question marks on the horizons for tournament bubbles and vaccines and travels and, and whatnot. But uh, I, I hope at least that we, we start heading in the trending in the right direction here on, on the off-course off stuff. Another podcast to analyze all of that stuff. The one thing I'm excited about for next year is uh, hopefully if everything goes according to plan, I'll get to see you play in person because you you typically avoid playing on the West Coast, uh, which I take personally, but you're not going to avoid playing in the U.S. Open. Um, so I, I'm going to get a chance to actually see you play golf in person. Yeah, I yeah. mean it, it's a it's a tough choice. Uh, to, to skip a use open just for that reason. So uh, I guess you will see me in, in, in person in San Diego in June. And 
uh, it was what twelve years ago. We were we were there playing in a way, right? So uh, yeah, it'd be fun to come back. It's uh, it's a great spot. Um, you make it your home, and and the whole uh, Callaway headquarters is is based out there, and uh, that's for a reason. It's it's not because you got the uh, typical Swedish winter, I guess. So uh, yeah, great golf and beaches and weather and 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 all the rest. So uh, looking forward to coming back. And the good news, Henrik, is uh, I'm going to offer you my yardage book and all the local knowledge I can give you, which probably is almost an unfair advantage for you. All right. Now I'll, I'll take any little uh, any little help I can get uh, at this point. So uh, if you've got a book to how to win the US Open at Torrey Pines, I'll, I'll gladly uh, put that in my back pocket for the week. Oh, I'm excited. I'm going to get to contribute. All right. Speaking of excited... Uh, I'm excited to be joined by our next guest, Nicholas Lidstrom, uh, Hall of Fame defenseman, arguably one of the greatest uh, defensemen in the history of the National Hockey League. Um, We're going to spend five good minutes with him, so why don't we uh, go to our interview that we recorded with him moments ago. Yeah, great. All right, Henrik, excited to be joined by one of the top 100 players in the history of the National Hockey League, a good friend of yours. A lot of people don't know, Henrik, how passionate about hockey you are but we're all going to find out. Nicholas Lidstrom, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. All right. So quick question is, Henrik, you got to tell us a little bit about your interest in hockey because that's going to make this interview completely make sense. Uh, And also, I want to hear about this Detroit-Tampa Bay rivalry because I'm a little uncomfortable that uh, you guys are going to kind of get into it here and I have to kind of get in the middle. Yeah, well, to to be perfectly honest, I growing up in in Sweden, I... uh, I wasn't really that much into hockey at that point, so the the, the interest really started about a, a lot later. And uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, Niklas had already retired when I when I really got into uh, starting going to the NHL games, and I uh, hooked up with a couple of the guys and a couple of the Swedes on the Tampa Bay Lightning team. So uh, I've been watching a, a lot of hockey the last five to seven years, I'd say, and. Uh, uh, played some golf with them, and and uh, I got to know Niklas uh, uh, probably about five six years ago uh, through a common um, uh, business venture and sponsor in in case uh, asset management in in Stockholm, and uh, got to know each other. And uh, yeah, been we also have this uh, junior golf tournament in in Sweden, and case is a. Uh, is a, a, a partner there, so uh, yeah, I got to spend some time with Niklas. Uh, he's a, he's a great guy, and um, I mean, it's just fun to hear the other NHL players talk about him. He, you, you said one of the top hundred players. Uh, I don't think that that does him justice in that sense. He's uh, you know arguably uh, the the best defenseman in in the history of the NHL, I'd say, and and uh, he's a very humble guy. So he's probably gonna. Gonna gonna say that he's he's only the second best or something, but uh, fantastic NHL career. Any anyone who follows hockey knows the the resume, and uh, uh, yeah, very very impressive and a nice guy. So I just uh, thought we'll we'll uh, let Nicholas uh, talk a little bit about his uh, his golf interest because I, I don't really know how much golf he plays, and uh, you know, uh, kind of after his. His hockey career, he can tell a little bit about what he um, what he does more on a, on a day to day basis now as well. Yeah, so Nicholas, why don't you tell us yeah. about that? 
what uh how much golf do you get to play have you ever uh, have you ever wanted to just to check henrik when you're when you're on the golf course with him because a lot of people do <laughs> well I, I do play uh a round or two a week i try to try to get two or three rounds in but it's sometimes hard but at least uh at least once a week i try to play and i, I enjoy it a lot it's it's a little different than hockey where in hockey you can uh you can get your frustration out a lot more by, by hitting someone or taking a slap shot. But in golf, you, you got to stay balanced. You just got to stay in control. And, and, you know, strength usually doesn't help when you, when you get frustrated. So uh, I still enjoy the game. I enjoy it immensely. I actually, I watch a lot of the uh, PGA events and, and even, you know, European tour as well. So I did watch uh, this past weekend was Hendrik was down in, in Dubai playing. All right. So I've got to ask you that we ask this to a lot of athletes, you know, what, what's harder to hit, you know, a puck that is traveling super, super fast with guys skating on you on ice or like this little white ball that's on a tee perfectly still standing there waiting for you to hit it. Which one's tougher for you? It's still that little white ball that's just sitting there waiting for you to hit it. And it's still, still trying to hit it straight. And sometimes it curves and not the way you want it. And and that's that's the frustrating part because you got all the time in the world. There's no one checking it. There's no one coming to run you from behind. Uh, it's just you and that ball, and you can just focus, put every, all the focus on it. And you're still not able to to hit it where you want. So I know it, it by by now. I know it takes a lot of practice to to you know to to hit it straight or curve the way you want it. So it's it that's why it makes it so frustrating because you have all the time and you're still not able to to do it perfectly the way you, you want to do it. So sometimes you think about hockey. You think about uh, you know, all the checks and all the, the big hits. But uh, when you're used to that, it's, it doesn't really face you as much as, as the frustration of not hitting the golf ball straight. Uh, did, you, uh, did you play uh, golf your whole life? And did you play as much uh, when, when you, obviously, when you're playing hockey, it's, it's a busy season and so on. But when you had the opportunity out on, on, on the road and so on, I know the, uh, the other guys, they, they try to get a game in every now and again when, it's, when it kind of works out on, on the road. So did you play with the, with your teammates in Detroit during that time as well? Not as much during the season. Uh, I know some of the guys went, you know, we were traveling to Arizona or, or California or, or whatnot where the weather is nice in the wintertime. Some of the guys would play, but uh, I didn't play a lot. I, I didn't play at all growing up. I picked it up uh, a little bit uh, when I was a pro just to, uh, you know, get that, what do you call in Sweden, the green cards, your, your, your certificate to play but uh, once i got that i didn't play a whole lot uh, until i retired and and then uh you know you're you're in your 40s and it's a little harder to to get uh, to be a smooth hitter as, as the way you are so it it took me a while to to kind of get the swing down and get the i'm, I'm not trying to, to hit it as hard as a slap shot instead just being being smooth and nice the way you you hit the ball so it, it that's been the hard part just to to be more relaxed when you're when you're swinging the club and then when you just manage to get that to perfection, Bryson DeChambeau comes in and changes everything. So now you need to go back and hit it like a slap shot again. I saw, I've seen some of the, the YouTube clips or highlights when his, during his workouts. And it, look, at it, he's trying to kill it. And it's still hitting up yeah. straight. And, and that's the, <laughs> I guess that's the tough part for, even for you guys, the way he, he hits the ball and the way he smacks it. Yeah, if if anyone that hits it that distance, if you can keep it straight and keep it in play, it's uh, it's obviously a huge advantage. So we'll we talked about that before on this podcast, how that will potentially change the game going forward and the player types and and how they're going to practice to to try and keep up with that. So uh, yeah, it could definitely be 
game-changing uh, material in the in the years to come here and and see more and more players trying to to copy uh, Bryson and some of the other long hitters. So we'll we'll see where we kind of end up, but uh, then we at least know a little bit more about your your golfing kind of history and and when you really so you really started playing more after you retired from hockey and um, and also. Uh, yeah, the the second part of the question: What do you what do you fill your days with uh, back in Sweden now? Well, right now I'm I'm involved with uh, this company Case Asset Management. So I, I spend uh, some of the days here in Stockholm. You know, it's been hard now with the pandemic going on that you don't travel as much or or spend much time uh, in the office here. But I try to uh, to sit in on meetings, meet some of the uh, analytics uh, guys, and and just trying to learn the business and, and uh, understand the business. Uh, that's one part of it. Uh, when we first moved back to Sweden here, once I retired, I was the uh, youth hockey coach with with my kids and and on their teams. So I've I've been helping out with with them for uh, six or seven years, which has been a lot of fun as well. So I, I try to stay busy now when when I'm done playing. Four boys, right? Yeah, I got four boys. Yeah. All right, so, Nicholas. So I've we'll got to ask busy. you. Yeah, for sure. I've got to ask you our our final question. Because uh, everyone gets to do this, and you get a T-shirt, which I'm excited to be able to send your way soon. Maybe Henrik will deliver it. <laughs> it's your turn to ask the Iceman. You can ask him anything. Please make it good. Oh boy, I got a, I got a few questions I like to ask, but sometimes I might have to do that on a, on a later date. But I know you're called the Iceman, and I, I've you know I watched you play, and I, I've seen how cool you are. But you have to admit, sometimes you even you lose it. Maybe not when the cameras are on, when the cameras are rolling, but. Now, what do you do when you lose it? I like to to break my stick over something, you know, my hockey stick when I was playing. I didn't do it, but I would love to do that. Now, what do you do when you really when you lose it when no one's around at the range or whatnot? Well, I think uh, I think I've lost it numerous times, both on and off the camera. And uh, I guess I just took it a step further. I, I did what you actually wanted to do. So I, I just retire <laughs> retire some of my golf clubs over my knee and. Uh, not that I want to encourage anyone to go in on YouTube, but if you do, you will find uh, <laughs> find evidence on YouTube if you want to of the not so cool Iceman when he uh, yeah basically loses his shit. And and uh, <laughs> I think you you you're totally right. I mean, other sports and I played uh, played football and and some other sports as well. You can when you get frustrated, you can. You can run hard, you can tackle hard, you can you can try and make up for your mistake. But in, in golf, that's that, that's uh, it's a different ball game. And uh, I think for me, the the best, uh, uh, obviously, the better the balance uh, you're in mentally, you can you can let it go, and and it doesn't build up. But every now and again, it certainly builds up. And and I think when it gets to that point, knowing myself after all these years, I got to let that steam out. And it doesn't always happen in the in the prettiest way and in the way that you're proud of. But I know if I keep that within, I just keep on building and building. And if I, if I, if I like decide not to be getting angry, then, then like the whole caring part is just out of the window. So then I'm, I'm no good either. So, um, like a quick pressure relief and get that out of the way. And, uh, hopefully you can finish off the round in good style with 13 clubs, but it's, uh, the trick is not to get there, but unfortunately I, I do end up there. <laughs> and I know a lot of other people playing golf, uh, would, would recognize themselves in that situation too. So, uh, being rested, uh, mentally and, and fresh and, and keeping your thoughts on the right things that hopefully make you not end up in, in the, uh, in the club breaking selection. <laughs> All right. Well, 
the good news is there are plenty of YouTube videos to watch. And maybe one time we'll try to get Nicholas, we'll try to get you together with Henrik and maybe you could, you could give him some techniques uh, to potentially improve because hockey players are pretty good at that stuff. Maybe you can teach him, you know, check his caddy or something because that way he can leave his clubs. Um, oh yeah. You know, in, I would have liked to check play. my caddy numerous times, but uh, yeah, exactly. I'm sure, we'll and and I'm that. sure, I'm sure that's mutual. I'm, I'm sure my caddy would have liked to check me a few times. Yeah. As there well, we go. But, well, the, uh, the, this well, is the type of content we're going to create and that I think people will uh, like. But Nicholas Lindstrom, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thanks for asking the Iceman. The t-shirt's on the way. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us on uh, Almost an Hour with Henrik Stetson. Yeah, thanks, thanks Nicholas. Thanks for having me on. Ha have a great Christmas and uh, we'll see you down the road. Yeah, you too. Take care. All right, Henrik. Nicholas kicked it off with Ask the Iceman. We have some good questions. Uh, from folks uh, people can ask on your social channels and if your question gets selected on the podcast you get a t-shirt how often do you rock that t-shirt is that something like when you're in the gym in dubai and you're angry at your play do you just throw on your ask the iceman t-shirt uh no i just uh, just curled up in it when i when i really need a good nap okay i don't know what that says all right our first question is from uh, tarantula kenneth tarant what are the differences with Christmas in the USA and Sweden? There's a lot of a lot of holiday questions coming, Henrik. I'm just warning. Yeah, uh, I think for me personally, uh, uh, I'd say the food being Swedish. Uh, the few times I go back for for Christmas in Sweden, uh, last time was 2013, and now we're here 2020. Uh, it's uh, it's really to get the access to all the all the food and. Uh, uh, a lot of shows and, and programs on television as well that you grew up with and, and there's some uh, tradition in, in that I guess everyone have the, the different Christmas uh, uh, traditions and, and uh, when you eat and when you watch TV and Santa Claus coming around and, and all the rest of it so going into those things a little bit in Sweden uh, the kids open the presents on the evening of the 24th so it's uh, really, uh, yeah. So it's it's more kind of uh, custom that you have uh, a neighbor or some family members or someone they dress up like Santa, and then they come over, knock on the door, and the little kids get scared, and then uh, Santa sits down on the old chair and and hands out the pres the presents to uh, to the kids. So it's a bit of a different setup, and I've, I've looked into this at times, and there's certainly quite a few countries in the world that, that have the 24th, but then I guess the Eng England and the US and, and a lot of others have on the morning of the 25th. So I guess that just tells me the, uh, it must be the laziness of not having to dress up like Santa and deli hand deliver mm -hmm. the presents. You just say that Santa delivered them overnight and you don't have to deal with that crap. So it's, it's like, uh, it's a, it's a different setup. I think, uh, but um, no, I, I enjoy it. And uh, I think 90% of the enjoyment over Christmas is just seeing how, how happy the kids are and how excited the kids are when Santa comes around and, and they get to open their presents. I mean, that, that's really Christmas for me. And then just relax, enjoy with the family, have the food, watch a couple of programs on TV and put, put another log on the fire. So it's, uh, it's all good. I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. And uh, it doesn't happen that often, so uh, it's uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that's that's great to do. All right, so two thoughts before we get to it. One, let's hope Poulter doesn't show up at your house because if he does, he's going to definitely do something that's going to ruin Christmas for you. 
Um, <laughs> and, and two, um, I, I think the, the thing that's interesting to me um, about that is, you know, you, you can probably get the food in the U.S., right? I mean, you, you could probably do the food the same way, can't you? Yeah, most of it, absolutely. But it's, it's still, there's it's small differences. It's, uh, okay. That's what I'm uh, trying yeah, to figure out. I'm trying to educate people here. Yeah, but there's. Uh, I'm not particular into the um, the kind of pickled herring and yeah, a lot either. of those things and a lot of sauces that goes with the with the different dishes and so on. And yeah, you can you can make most of it, um, especially if you're if you know what you're doing in the kitchen, which I don't. Uh, then, then you can certainly uh, certainly make uh, make a lot of it. But it's it's also the effort. It's easy when you got friends and family around. Then then you can do it. Even though mm-hmm. this year now with the COVID-19 situation is only going to be very limited and small gatherings uh, for everyone. So it's going to be a different Christmas, but we'll, uh, we'll make the most out of it. And like I say, enjoy the, 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 the family time with the closest. All right. This one's probably a moot point, but I'll ask it anyway. John Eden wants to know who's up first in the Stenson house on Christmas morning, but you guys do it the night before. So that really doesn't matter. But who's up first? No. Uh, normally it would probably be my wife. It would be Emma. Okay. And okay. then I'll be second up, and the and the kids, uh, Alice would be first up among the kids, and then the two older ones they can they can sleep as uh, as long as they can. Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? All right, our next question <laughs> is from Padraig Padraig McLaughlin. Uh, has Santa got the kids presents yet? And are there any golf related gifts? I would hope you're not getting your kids like golf clubs for Christmas. No, the uh, I did a little bit of cheeky Christmas shopping in Dubai because I asked a. Uh, my friends, Did you forgot uh, until then? <laughs> no, at uh, at the Callaway, uh, the the Callaway reps, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a shaft that I knew would fit my dad, and then I managed to get a a Maverick uh, driver head. So there will be a, a oh. golf related gift. Uh, so hopefully, my dad doesn't listen to this podcast now before Christmas, because oh. then I right. just ruin his surprise. But it's uh, it's going to be at least one golf club under the Christmas trees. But the oh. rest is. Uh, it's not going to be so much uh, golf related, I'd say. But wrapping a golf club is hard to keep it as a secret unless you keep it in the box. Because I mean, what else is going to have that that particular shape? You know, in the it just it's, it's really hard to wrap. Yeah, it's a it's giveaway. giveaway. All right, uh, the next one is from uh, Chemis or Chemis. Uh, what is your favorite Christmas song? I think uh, one that certainly has. Uh, some depth uh, to it is uh, so. This is Christmas, right? The uh, the uh, is it Beatles or John Lennon? Yeah, the original John one, John Lennon. Yeah. yeah. So Would you like I to sing it for us? Negative. Okay. I think you should, though. Take it away, Jeff. That's okay. No, that was Ask the Iceman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not known for my singing. Um, Hey, let's talk about this one. And I have some good background information on it. I don't know if you saw this, Henrik, but... uh, No, I haven't seen this one before. We have not done our obligatory discussion of Bryson DeChambeau and Longer, and is it going to change the game on this podcast? We briefly touched on it with Nicholas Lidstrom, but it would not be a a fitting podcast if we don't talk about the same thing over and over. Um, Kyle Berkshire was actually hanging out with uh, DeChambeau. Uh, Kyle, the world long drive champ, a uh, key member of Team Callaway, so he took an eight iron and look what he did with this eight iron. Now it's going to be hard for you to see this. It's also going to be hard for you to uh, grow hair that long to be able to hit it. But that eight iron <laughs> traveled 302 yards. 
302 yard, eight iron. I mean, ball we'll speed about that? one seven. Ball speed yeah. one seventy. That's what I have on my driver, basically. Yeah, I mean, Kyle, yeah, that's on the eight iron. Yeah, Kyle, if you want to see more Kyle Berkshire content, uh, go to KyleLeGolf.com. We have some videos with him and Phil. Uh, they both have pretty good calves. Maybe that's part of uh, the activation for hitting bombs. But Lex, if you can go forward to the part of the screen where it stops on the numbers, uh, I wanted to, to go over that with you, Henrik. What's interesting is, is when you watch Kyle swing, and we've had him at the Ely Callaway Performance Center, where I know you've been, and literally he takes divots out of the turf with his left foot. He turns it so violently. Just look at those numbers. I mean, 292 carry. Um, he was still 44 yards for the pin, so it didn't help him. Uh, and that ball speed 170. <laughs> I mean, isn't it, it might have been 44 yards past the pin, though? Yeah, that's true. That's probably true. Kyle is uh, is trending to a plus one eight handicap, um, and he's uh, uh, playing it's some pretty good numbers. Golf. It's crazy numbers, no question about that. I've I've seen him in action uh, on on uh, on the World Long Drive competitions and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's very impressive. What I would have liked to see, though, if the simulator could get in there, when he hits it that far, it should just be like rocks coming down from that mountainside in the background. Yeah, I like it's that. Just like, the mountain should have shattered. Yeah, You know, I've unfortunately yeah. been part of uh, two instances when I was at Golf Channel, where that's where we first met when you first insulted me, uh, when Jamie Sidlowski broke the simulator, uh, actually hitting an iron through the simulator, it, which actually gets pretty dangerous because behind Behind the simulators, there's like a lot of metal, and there are people back there. It's uh, it's it's not really a good thing. Um, shout out to the simulator straight through for, the uh, yeah yeah <laughs> through the net, through the second net, and then through the screen. But uh, shout out to to that simulator for not shattering when Kyle did that. Um, what what's your ball speed with an eight iron, and what's your distance with an eight iron? Uh, yeah, I'd say more. I mean, I I had a good eight, eight iron. It's probably about one seventy. Yeah, one seventy mm-hmm. yards is. Okay. Is is a good eight iron. So you're almost a little speed. You're, you're I don't just know. a little way behind. Cold speed. Him. I don't know. Yeah, you're just a little uh, ways behind, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, just a smidge. All right. Well, we have some cool content coming with Kyle in January, so stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss that. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I want to see that. Good. Well, you come on out. I know you don't like coming to the West Coast because I'm here. All right. Uh, tour story. Um, tell me the best prank. You know, we talked about what you did to Polter. Was that the best one you've ever done? Um, and, and, or if not, what's the best one you've been a victim of? Yeah. I mean, it it turned out great. The one thing, and and it's hard to, to kind of plan everything. And, and I mean, it was all kind of make it up as we go along because I, I, I just happened to get those car keys there. But the one thing I would have liked to top it off with, I should have hit the, open the boots when he's standing there and, and I just would have opened the, opened the boot. That, that could have really like finished it off, but it, it was a good prank. It was one of my better ones, no question. Uh, had some fun when I was a kid. One of my neighbors, uh, uh, their neighbor had a, had the same kind of remote to the TV, I think, and, and we, we were outside the window and we were flicking the channel when, when the well, man of the one. house was, was, was sitting there watching and we took the volume up. And I mean, he, he almost threw the TV out in the end. I mean, he got totally frustrated with and we were just giggling away outside the window and it was dark outside so that was a good prank but uh, one of my favorite ones and and uh, david lynn ex uh, european tour player and uh, pda tour player as well he uh, he's always been up to a lot of lot of pranks and uh, i think he stayed with his caddy down in turkey a number of years ago and they had these chocolates uh, on a tray when you came in and he actually saw that the soap in the bathroom was also shaped like a golf ball so he took the soap 
and put it on the chocolate tray. And when his caddy come back from the from the course and he's really up for a piece of nice white chocolate, they just took this uh, soap oh and started goodness. munching away. I mean, that's that's a really good prank. That's a good. All right, so let's let's look for more soap in the hotel. See, I thought I, I had a similar vision to your uh, the boot. I thought it would have been funnier if you were in the car, and all of a sudden the boot opened up and you kind of jumped out from being in the back seat. I think you could have completely that, taken this to another level. Yeah, yeah. If if you know how it's going to work out, then then. But it would have been a long time for me to to lay in the booth for like an hour and a half before he came down. I, I get it. But think about it. No, you wouldn't have suffocated, and you leave the window open a crack. But think <laughs> about think about the the moment you would have had. You would have had you know a couple other people involved as they would have been filming this. You would have had your own camera inside the boot, kind of like Blair Witch Project style. Like I'm inside the boot. And then you could have FaceTimed them, and then turned the camera around as you opened it. This would have been phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's more ways than one to do it, but uh, I would also yeah, recommend doing it with a Ferrari because then you get to drive a Ferrari. So that's just my own thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that too. All right. One question about the mental game, then we'll get to our final word. So you, you kind of covered it, but I just want to, you know, golf doesn't have much of an off season. Uh, you know, we talked to Nicholas Lidstrom earlier, the NHL uh, Hall of Famer, and he always had an off season, even when they won a championship, they get some time to kind of refresh and golf really doesn't have much of that time. It's, it's up to you, the player. Cause I remember McDowell said one time you literally could play in an event 51 weeks a year if you wanted to, uh, between one of the tours going on globally. What's the most important thing for you? You mentioned putting the clubs down for a couple of weeks. Is that the most important thing for you kind of in the off season to recharge or is it re are you one of who starts the year off with, with goals written on a piece of paper um, what are the things that you kind of use to kind of reset yourself as a sport really never ends? Well, I think now it's, uh, I mean, I, I already know I kind of started that, that journey. I feel to, to, to try and get my game back to, to where I want to. Um, not that I haven't tried, but it's, it hasn't worked so far. So I need to do it slightly different and, and, and work even harder at it. Cause, uh, uh, it, it's not been been great and, and pretty this fall, that's for sure. Since I kind of came back, and and uh, I need to I need to up my game, no question. If I want to compete with these guys, and and uh, I still feel like I I can and and I want to. So uh, I think my off season here, the uh, even though I want to switch off, I'm not going to be completely switched off. The the wheels have already started turning, and there, there's some things in motion already. So. Uh, uh, yeah, a couple of weeks to to kind of relax and and enjoy, but still keep uh, both mentally keep some things in the loop and 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 also physically because uh, it's 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 really never never ending here. It, it is one season going into the next and so on. And I kind of had my off season in the summer here with the, with the COVID situation and everything, so I got time to to be at home and, and, uh, and chill out a little bit more than we normally do. So it, it's more of a quick, quick turnaround here. And then we, uh, we, we should be ready to go in, in, in mid January when we start up again. Oh, good. Well, we can't all wait to, uh, to see you out there and to wish you the best. Uh, one of the other benefits of this year and the COVID and all the time off is we got to spend, uh, a bunch of almost an hours with you. You still haven't given me a full hour, uh, doing these podcasts, but this is going to be our last show for the year, and we're going to take a little break after uh, the start of the year and let you really concentrate on uh, on on getting back into the form that you want. Because I feel like I've been a distraction to your golf game. Uh, just so you know, you've also been a distraction to my golf game. I, I didn't perform as well as I'd like to <laughs> recently because I spend all my time trying to be a better podcast co-host with you. Now you've shut off your video because I'm assuming you're getting very emotional. 
uh, at this moment. Yeah, I, I yeah, just wanted yeah, to say I, I didn't want it to uh, to see me teary up, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't see any other reason to to why I haven't played the the way I'd hoped uh, in these last nine months here or six months, uh, other than spending that time with you. Uh, so thank you very much for for destroying my career, my golf game, um, probably my Christmas as well. I mean, what what else uh, can we add to that list? But uh, on a serious note, uh, no, I think it's it's been great to to get this out there, um, get to to answer questions to from the fans, um, debate and and discuss some of these uh, weekly or biweekly topics and um, what else that's been going on. So. Uh, yeah, let, let's give it a little break and uh, thank you so much for for helping me do this. It's uh, it's been great. Uh, Lex has been on the in the background here, uh, coordinating it and, and putting it all together. Thanks to you as well. Uh, the listeners haven't got to hear too much from you, but she's in the background and making sure this has worked out. So uh, big thanks to everyone involved, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you down the road somewhere. And if not, that's uh, Tory Pines in in June. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if anyone has any other questions, if we didn't get to your ass, the Iceman's, uh, just call Henrik at one four zero seven. No, I wouldn't do that to you. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, special thanks to Lex for being in the background producing this. Uh, certainly not easy to wrangle the two of us, get our schedules. I mean, you're in multiple countries. Um, I have a nineteen year old cat time. that needs to be. Yeah, I know. And I have this nineteen year old cat that yeah. needs to be fed, so it's not easy to do this. But I appreciate you uh, giving as much time as you did to the podcast. Uh, I think that it's really awesome that an athlete who honestly doesn't have any reason to do this, open themselves up to, to the fans and let them know kind of what's going in. Look, we're going to do some more great content. Uh, we're going to immediately call Poulter and work on a prank series because I think that would be pretty amazing <laughs> to be able to kind of film that. Um, and I look forward to uh, to, to seeing you uh, early in the, in the new year. Yeah, absolutely. And big thanks to everyone that's been listening and, and uh, you know, sending questions in and, and uh everything else so uh, merry christmas to everyone and a happy new year and i think we can uh, we can all look forward to uh, to hopefully a better 2021